Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. When work was bad, my world felt like it was falling apart. When work was great, I was on cloud nine. You couldn't tell me anything, but I didn't want any one thing in my life to have that much of a hold on me. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. As I was listening to the first episode of Zuri Hall's new podcast, I found myself wishing I could just pour a cup of coffee and sit across the couch from her and talk about everything from celebrity gossip to the meaning of life. She's just got this warm energy that comes through when she speaks and she makes you feel like old friends from the start. So maybe we're not exactly sitting across from the couch from one another, but I'm grateful for this podcast being the next best thing. Zuri Hall is an Emmy-winning TV host, producer, and actress. Her career has brought her to red carpets and TV screens all over. I have to mention that she even hosted reunion specials for one of my favorite throwback shows, The Challenge on MTV. Anybody else love that show? Just me? But with all of those impressive accomplishments, she's no stranger to working hard, but she's also seasoned in burnout. Zuri is here to dig into why we need to stop celebrating burnout as a badge of honor and how we can keep on building our dream lives without sacrificing our peace and our happiness. Are you ready to chat with Zuri Hall? Pour yourself some coffee and let's dive on in. Ready for a website redesign in 2021? You don't need to drop thousands on fully custom design. Use my website secret, Tonic Site Shop Templates. They've created a collection of customizable website templates that are super stunning and wicked easy to update. Save 15% on your Tonic site at jennacutcher.com slash tonic and use the code Jenna sent me when you go and shop. 
Let me help you start your email list in 2021. You could cross that new year goal off of your list in under an hour each day with my free five-day mini course, the 0 to 250 Email List Building Challenge. Get the tutorials, the templates, and the tech with easy-to-follow steps for free at listbuildchallenge.com. Welcome to the show, Zuri Hall. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Jenna. I've been a fan for a long time. So to be on the Gold Digger podcast, man, this is bucket list right here. (laughs) Well, I'm so honored and I have just gotten to watch you from afar for so many years and we're going to kind of uncover what your journey has looked like. And so let's just dive on in. Are you ready? I am so ready. Let's do this. I feel like you were born ready. Like, <laughs> like actually. Okay, so set the scene for us. Who is Zuri? And we see this woman on TV screens and on red carpets, but I want to know the story that got you to those places. Yeah. Well, Zuri is a girl from Toledo, Ohio, heart of the Midwest and proud of it, born and raised there. Graduated from The Ohio State University. I'm a very proud Buckeye. I bleed scarlet and gray. And she, she, I'm going to stop talking in third person. Oh my God. (laughs) Can I say I? This is going great. We're off to a great start. I. the narrative um, when we need it. (laughs) Right. I graduated from Ohio State and then spent the first maybe three, three or four years of my life, of my adult life, climbing the local news ladder. So I started in Indianapolis, kind of bounced around. I was in Dayton. I anchored the news in Dallas, Texas. And then my goal was national by 25. So at 25, I moved to New York City to start hosting for a cable music channel called Fuse and then hopped over to MTV. And then my goal was eventually to end up at E! News. And and that happened a a few years sooner than I had anticipated or planned for. So I just kind of jumped when the opportunity presented itself, packed up, moved across the country to L.A. and spent five awesome years there and then joined Access Hollywood about a year and a half ago. And and now I'm there and also with NBC's American Ninja Warrior. But that's what I do, really. But who I am, I mean, generally speaking, I am I'm super close with my family and friends. I am a Gemini. Like I'm that obnoxious person who's like, oh, my God, what's your sign? Did we just become best friends? (laughs) So I'm definitely a Gemini. I am super close to my family and friends. I have a fruit phobia. I'm afraid of fruit. It's so weird. I can't explain why, but it is so true. I like can't even eat at a table. If there's a bowl of fruit there, it kind of just like freaks me out. <laughs> Jenna, I need like therapy. I'm a, such a big advocate for therapy. I'm always joking that that's what me and my therapist need to be unpacking is why yes. I can't touch an apple. Like that is weird. Oh. <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. So, so that's me. That's me, me in a nutshell. Outside of work, I mean, I love writing and reading. I'm super creative. I was a theater geek growing up. So I love musical theater and music, period. I had a short girl group stint. Like I just, I was kind yes. of all over the board in my 20s. So eclectic tastes for sure. <laughs> 
Oh, I love that so much. And one of the things my sister and I were recently talking about is I think the world kind of makes us believe that like our 20s are like the year of foundation laying for the rest of your life. You know, Mm -hmm. there's like this pressure of like lay down that foundation firm and like the rest of your life will just unfold as it's meant to. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that that way of thinking is, is kind of problematic to be honest, because it forces us into this decade of of like straight up grind. And I mean, you have so many accomplishments to your name, but behind those are a lot of work. So walk me through that. And and then let's talk a little bit about burnout because it's something that you're passionate about. And I think it's something super important we should discuss. Yeah. Yeah. For me, yes. The concept of, you know, I wrote an article once a long time ago on my blog called Don't Lose Your Mind on the Grind. And it was inspired by the fact that I had just about done that. You know, when when I was in my 20s, to your point, that's exactly what it was. I was so preoccupied with laying this professional foundation so that I could just coast on that for the rest of my years. Like I thought, you know, yeah. I'll grind in my twenties, I'll save my living for later. And I'll be so glad that I sacrificed all of yeah. this other stuff because I, I got the payoff, the reward, the professional and financial gain. And so that's what I did when I was in college. My friends were, you know, going, they were studying abroad. I don't believe in regrets, but if there's one thing I do wish I'd done, it was study abroad. And at the mm-hmm. time I looked at it as oh, well, like, what's the point of that? I'd love to travel, but I could be interning or I could be, you know, doing an apprenticeship or I could be basically preparing to leave college so that once I'm out, I've got a head start. So everything in me was so career centric for that 10 years that I didn't really spend enough time building out the other pillars of my life. So This one pillar, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and she used this really um, amazing, oh God, I always mix up metaphor and analogy. Analogy. (laughs) Analogy, yeah, similar, similar (laughs) and as, right? Analogy. Yes. Um, (laughs) She used this really great analogy of just a relationship, for example, in her situation, being one pillar of her life and the only pillar. So when it shook her world shook. And for me, that pillar was my, my career, my job. I put so much into that. You know, I missed, I missed a wedding of a really close friend because I was working that, that week. And I didn't know if I could get off. I didn't think that I could. In hindsight, I don't even remember what was so important that week at work, but I'll always remember that I didn't make it to one of my now best friend's weddings, you know, and that stuff sticks with you. And so at a certain point in my late twenties, I looked up and realized my emotions, my my mental health, my happiness is completely reliant on how my job is going that day. When work was bad, my world felt like it was falling apart. When work was great, I was on cloud nine. You couldn't tell me anything, but I didn't want any one thing in my life to have that much of a hold on me. And to get the peace that I was seeking, it was going to take a lot of self-work. My late 20s, I finally got into therapy for the first time. And I credit a lot of my breakthroughs to that because I realized, okay, for me, Figuring out how to be happy outside of work means figuring out what makes me happy. I haven't really thought much about that. Achieving makes me happy. Checking the boxes makes me happy. But there's got to be more. So through therapy, I realized what my core values were. 
And I, especially on, on my podcast, talk about the fact that core values, understanding what they are for you and what they aren't is so key because it's almost like sending out this, this vibration into the universe, not to get all woo woo, but it's like, no, hey, I'm woo woo. Go, yeah, girl. Okay, well, let's get woo woo together. <laughs> hey, universe. Hey, world. This is the frequency that I'm vibrating on. Rise to meet me or it'll lower to meet you. It really depends on what frequency mm-hmm. you're at. And so once I started deciding, you know what, I need more friendship. Like I love my friends so much. I have the same best friends that I've had for 10 plus years, but suddenly carving out the time to be with them was more of a priority. I realized I was more happy and fulfilled at a cabin in Colorado, cozied up with my four best friends and their significant others than I was on a red carpet at the Grammys. And I love being on those red carpets, but something about my family and my friends lit me up more in a different way. And so I spent probably the last three to four years, I would say, infusing my life with more of the other things that matter, building up those other pillars, my friendships, my spirituality, my meditative practice and my prayer life, really sitting with the book and forcing myself to read it because I am the queen of starting a book and not finishing it. And I just leave a trail of pages in my path where I'm like, oh, you should totally read this book. I can't tell you how it ended, but the first half was great. (laughs) I love that. It's almost like this journey of like getting to know yourself again. Mm -hmm. It's like rediscovering who you are. And I think when you look at life before your career starts, Mm -hmm. you're almost pushed to really explore different things. Like you think of college or even even high school, you know, you're forced to take all these different classes and figure out what you like and what lights you up. And you start to kind of be revealed in these ways. But then we kind of enter this grind where it's the same every day. And unless someone forces us out of our comfort zone, we don't really step out of it. And so I love that you've been on this journey of kind of rediscovering who you are and what's changed and what has stayed the same. I love that. Yeah. It's really been comforting to realize how much really has stayed the same. You know, I go back home and when I'm there, I'm like, oh God, it just doesn't get any better and any worse. Look, it's it's home, right? So you get triggered. (laughs) You've got the old family dynamics, things like that. But it's also like that we put the fun and dysfunctional. Like I wouldn't trade this for the world, whatever it is, you know? So I just feel blessed that that's how I feel about some of the things in my life that stay the same. Those are the constants. And we need that in our life with everything that's going on, especially this year. I've really developed more gratitude for the constant things and the constant people in my life and something that can provide that much comfort and security. You've got to pour into and you've got to appreciate while you've got it and and you've got to make the time, prioritize it, you know, because if you don't love on it and and nurture it and and foster those relationships, you can, you can lose them or you can look up one day, God forbid, and realize they've been lost and you didn't even, you didn't even expect it or see it coming. So I would hate to, to realize that was happening in my life. So I really make an effort to prioritize the people who matter to me and the things that matter to me now. Yeah. 
That is so powerful. There's this question I've been waiting to ask a guest on the podcast oh for gosh, okay. ever, for years, and you are the person that gets this Ooh, question. Oh, drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> so one time I was speaking at this conference and there was like about 400 women in the audience. Mm-hmm. And usually when I go speak somewhere, which is super rarely these days and obviously now mm-hmm. non-existent, I usually sit and I, I watch every single speaker because I just love to learn from other people. And I noticed this trend. There's this through line that was happening with every single speaker. And every single speaker who was successful enough to be standing on top of that stage talked about how they worked themselves to burnout. Mm. And then they had this revelation. And it made me pause because I've been through that. You've been through that. And there's this piece of us that is like telling everyone, like, don't get to this point. Don't get to this point. But sometimes I think it just is inevitable or or it happens. And that's where the breakthrough comes in. So I want to know, do you think that burnout is something that is like, I mean, it's just going to happen and then hopefully you can break through from the burnout? Or do you think it's something that we can actively prevent? Mm, That's a really great question. I would say, I believe that we can slow down the rate at which burnout comes. I don't think it's completely preventable. And I don't think that's a bad thing because for me, burnout is still a tool. It's an alarm system to me. Right. And, and when that happens, what your body is telling you, what that sense of exhaustion is telling you when you're brimming up to the rim with tears and it doesn't feel like something you can explain, which is what happened to me a few years ago in my work life, it's an alarm system. And you're trying to tell yourself, Hey, we need help here. We Something needs to change. Something needs to shift. And so that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. The issue yeah. comes in to me when we ignore or suppress that alarm system. When we hear the ding, 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 and we push it to the back of our mind because we got to deal with the kids or I forgot I need to do this for my husband or, oh my gosh, if I don't get that thing done or turned in by the end of the day, my boss is going to fill in the blank here. And mm-hmm. so over time we internalize that. It starts to manifest in our body and our emotions and, and it's not good. But if we can take that burnout, that feeling of burnout and say, oh, something's wrong here. Thank you for telling me, body. Yes. Thank you for telling me. Let's experiment. Let's explore and figure out how I can fix it. Then that's a good thing. And then I think when we dedicate ourselves to a practice of nurturing and cultivating peace, it takes more before we get to the burnout place. So a few years ago, when I hit max burnout, I was crying every day, just about, you know, even if it was for just five minutes or here and there during my very quick lunch breaks, I wasn't happy anymore professionally. And I didn't know why, because for so long, it had made me very happy. I just felt a disconnect. I was tired all the time. Even if I was, if it was a weekend and my schedule was clear, I didn't look at that as a, an exciting rest opportunity. I sit on the couch and veg out and feel no better come Monday. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. I've got to figure out what's going on here. And 
I took the time to start meditating seriously, like every day, even if it was for five or 10 minutes up to, I've got about 25 minutes in me now at most. And then I'm probably going to fall asleep. (laughs) I got to be honest, but I could do up to 25 minutes a day without passing back out. And so meditating, praying, self-care, I started, you know, pouring into myself. I lit those candles. I took that bubble bath once a week. Mm-hmm. I spent New Year's Eve by myself one year on purpose at the peak peace phase when I was seeking peace. You know, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I want to spend some time with myself. I'm climbing out of this burnout hole. Society tells me New Year's Eve is when I'm supposed to be kissing someone or going into the year with all these people. But I've been on this self-love journey and I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying myself. I would love the challenge of learning how to enjoy myself over a holiday that the world tells me I shouldn't be alone on. And so I I took myself on a three-day solo retreat, meditative retreat, And I loved it. And I noticed that after those months of laying that foundation, it took so much more to get me upset. It took so much more for the things that triggered me in my life to trigger me. I had more patience for the people I loved where before I was a little, you know, snappy or on edge more easily to the point even my mom said, you know what? whatever you're doing is working. She was like, sign me up. This is the daughter. Like, yes, here we go. (laughs) Team three. So that for me was great to hear because I don't want to, I want the people that I love to feel that way about me, right? We want the people we love to get the best of us and you can't pour from an empty cup. So it was great to hear you really filled up your cup, Z, and it's and now it can spill over and you can share all of the good you have to share with the people in your life. So I think after we lay that foundation to summarize and get back to your question, after we lay that foundation, it takes way more to get to that burnout phase. And so I encourage people to do that. And then even when we do get to the burnout phase, I hope we don't look at that as failure. It's not. It's just it's a reminder. It's a bell saying, hey, let's check in with ourselves. Let's see how we feel and why we feel that way. And then just make the changes that we need to make if we need to make some. Oh, I'm so glad I held that question close until you came along. That was so that I got it. (laughs) Yes. It like reminds me, there's just so many things in my head right now. Like even yesterday I was working on the podcast Mm -hmm. and my little Apple watch dinged to remind me to do like the minute of deep breathing. And Mm -hmm. there was this tiny instance of me being like, I don't have time for a minute. And then I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I absolutely have time for a minute of deep breathing. And it's just funny how you know, I, for me personally, like I need to set boundaries and reminders to continue to like check in with myself because I think especially for achievers or like career oriented people, there's always going to be something that needs your attention. There's always going to be something that could be working on. And motherhood was the thing for me that really like made me look at those pillars and figure out like what's what's important for me? What do the pillars look like for you? Because I love that analogy of, you know, we've laid this foundation and now you know how to find peace within yourself. So what have you been building on that solid foundation? What are those pillars? Ooh, for me, those pillars now are definitely the family and friends pillar. Everything that I do, most of what I do goes 
into wanting to build a life that allows me to create space for us to be together more, celebrate more, enjoy each other more. And so I've just learned to remind myself, hey, this work pillar matters, Zuri, but don't forget why this pillar is so important to you. Because what and why are two very different things. And I know what I want to do, but my why is an entirely different pillar. (laughs) So those two pillars are really big priorities for me, but the family, friends, and loved ones certainly comes first. And that means quality time for me. Like I need to spend more time. I didn't spend as much as I would have liked to in my 20s. So I'm really making up for that in my early 30s. Another pillar, this is one, I gotta be honest, y'all. I am not good with this (laughs) pillar. I don't even really want this pillar because it bores me to death, but it is so necessary. And that is fitness and just health. I'm like, like, but I just want (laughs) to eat the pasta and I do want the extra cheese. And yes, I know it's fried. I'll take two. Thanks. I don't want to run, but thank you for asking. Like, but it is so important. And the truth is I always feel better after I exert myself in that space. If I do the morning run, I just got back into running. Jenna, I fell off of my running game for like six months. (laughs) Mine was like three years. So you're doing just fine. I love it. I started this year so strong. The one good thing about 2020 being so bad sometimes is it just became my excuse to not do things that I would have not done in any other year either. And I was like, you know what? I deserve to not run. That is self-care for me because this year (laughs) is really exhausting. But yesterday, I went on a run and I was like, wow, like I, I convinced myself for three years. I used to run yeah. marathons Did and you? now I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. We ran two fulls and now wow. I am like celebrating the hell out of a 5k because I'm like, you Good go girl, you. you're back. I know you're that's back. right. <laughs> I love hearing you say 5k girl. I ran a 12 minute run. That was it. And I was like, I, I clocked in just under a mile and I was like, all right. And I'm packing it up. That was fun. <laughs> well, I love that. Like, I feel like when you get into your 30s, because I'm mm-hmm. 32, I feel like Same. optimizing your health becomes mm-hmm. this thing where you're like, okay, I actually do need to pay attention yeah. to this slightly more than I did right. in my 20s. <laughs> exactly. And it's like playing catch up is the worst feeling. And I've watched it happen, you know, with people close to me too, where sometimes you don't realize how deeply you dug that hole until you're no. in it. And that is just the worst thing trying to climb out of. So I really, I'm trying to get ahead of it. It's not fun at all. Baby steps. I did the run. I'm sore today. I'm hurting for it, but that feels good. That tells me I did a thing for myself. I showed up for myself in a way that I haven't for the last half year. So I'm going to try to keep up with that. That's definitely a pillar. And then again, spirituality and my mental wellness, that's a really significant pillar. And for that, for me, that looks like uh, therapy, if not weekly, I'll do weekly, honestly, when I'm like in the thick of something. But otherwise, I tend to do every other week just to to really have some time to sit with whatever my homework assignments were for that week or those yes. two weeks. So therapy, meditation, my prayer life, I've really started to work on reading scripture, reading, journaling a little bit more. I don't journal a ton, mm-hmm. but trying to take a few minutes of 
not every day, but if I'm experiencing a really intense emotion, whether it's good or bad, or having a, a quick aha moment, I like to just kind of quickly bullet those in a journal because it's really fun to look back at a year of pages, even if it's just one entry a month and remind yourself, wow, I've really grown or wow, I remember when that was such a big deal. Here I am a year later knowing I survived that. And then that journal becomes a gentle reminder to yourself that you will survive this thing, whatever it, it is, you know, everything has a season. So that's been a big, big pillar for me. I'm trying to introduce more fun, just things for the sake of doing them. Like that's a pillar I'm working on. In quarantine times, it's hard, right? It's like, what can I do within right. the four walls of this house that I am always in? <laughs> so Netflix oh. makes up most of my pillar right now. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you'll start and grow an email list. Let me help. I am so excited to lead you through my free five-day mini course, the Zero to 250 List Building Challenge. An email list is the best way to speak directly to your people via their inboxes. Social media is always in flux. You don't own your followers and the algorithm is making it more and more challenging to reach the people who need to hear from you. My email list, it's the number one way I reach people and turn subscribers into paying students. If you haven't started your email list or if your list could use some attention in the new year, the Zero to 250 Challenge will lead you through the entire process with tutorials, templates and tech all taken care of. I'll share my steps for choosing an email service provider, creating a form and a freebie and collecting valuable email addresses, as well as ideas for what to send to your list once you've started one, no matter what type of business you run. Can you commit just 4% of this week to getting yourself results and finally following through? That's just one hour a day, Monday to Friday for one week in order to get really big results. Are you ready? Sign up at listbuildchallenge.com. That's listbuildchallenge.com for the free zero to 250 list building challenge. I'll see you inside. Do you love your website? More importantly, is it bringing in new leads and customers? If the answer is not a resounding yes, then you're likely ready for an update. But you don't need to be a coding expert to get a gorgeous, strategically designed website that converts for your business. You just need Tonic Site Shop, the secret behind my website design. Get 15% off at jennacutcher.com slash tonic and use the code Jenna sent me. Before Tonic, I didn't really know what an asset, a great, unique website could be for my business. I didn't know that someone could leave my site feeling like they know me or that it could take them from a casual observer to a raving fan who just had to work with me. If you're tired of being embarrassed by your website or knowing that it should be better, but not having the moolah to actually make it happen, you've got to go check out Jen and Jeff at Tonic. They've created a collection of customizable website templates that are super stunning and wicked easy to update. Save 15% off using the code Jenna sent me at jennacutcher.com slash tonic. But you have something really exciting. <laughs> I, I'm going to give a pillar that I think you should own with okay. confidence is that your creator pillar. You mm. are just this creator. I feel like you ooze just creative energy. Yeah. And 
even when I listen to your podcast, which we'll talk about, (laughs) it's just so evident that there is just all of this creative energy within you. And I feel like it's finally coming out in your way, like your narrative of it. So let's talk about that because you have your new podcast, Hot Happy Mess, and it's all about peace and happiness and, and a lot of the things we've talked about. And so tell me about this new endeavor. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. I'm getting emotional in my old age. I was about to shed a tear. <laughs> like, oh gosh, my, my creativity pillar is being recognized. That means so much to me. Yes. It's, it's fascinating to me now. I'm going to have to go reflect on this after, Jenna. You're, yes. you're giving me a gem. The fact that I wouldn't even think to acknowledge that pillar when all I've wanted for the last 10 years is to create more and to be recognized yes. as you're the creator it. that I, I am. See it. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Hot Happy Mess is my baby. It's my passion project. It is a podcast that is all about finding and celebrating our magic in the middle of life's messes. As you know, we've talked about most of my 20s, I was putting off my living for tomorrow. I'm not doing that anymore. Life has humbled me enough to make me realize tomorrow is not promised quite literally and truly, you know, and that might sound a little morbid, but I think it really Facing that truth head on is what allows us to be fully present today, is respecting the opportunity we have every morning that we wake up, knowing that everyone doesn't get that opportunity. So it's how can I fully immerse myself in whatever my life is in its current state? And the podcast, I mean, we're talking about everything from love and relationships and dating to motherhood to, you know, women who may be on team, no kids or somewhere in the middle trying to figure out if they want children or not a career. Obviously I'm obsessed with Enneagrams and I'm a type three. So like three, three three unite. Oh my gosh. So you get it. Oh my goodness. This is what most of my therapy work is about. It's just like uh, finding balance as a type three achiever. So recognizing that and creating a space for achievers to say, hey, all of this stuff matters, Uh, relationships, career, family life, but and let's be high achieving in it, but let's do it through a lens that prioritizes self-care and wellness. Let's try to figure out how to get balance emotionally, physically, spiritually, so that we can enjoy all of these successes because Achieving all of your goals is not worth it if you're not happy while you're achieving them. And it took me most of my 20s to realize that. Now I'm so excited. I got to chill just thinking about my life right now. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be here talking with you and about something so close to my heart, something that I've created with love. That is, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing. And instead of worrying about what I still have yet to do, because there's plenty, there's plenty more I want to do. I am just soaking up what is happening right now. And that doesn't mean there aren't messes because Lord knows I've shed a lot of happy tears this week. Last week was a lot of ugly tears and they were not happy. It was the exact opposite, but that is life. Like that's the most we can ask for is those ups and downs. So it's just about embracing all of it and trying to, you know, make the most of what we've got. Turn those lemons into lemonade, add a little vodka sometimes, you know, and just Mm -hmm. have a little party. I feel like for a lot of threes, Mm -hmm. 2020 was almost this like recalibration year. Yes. (laughs) Because you're almost like stripped 
bare of like the achievements or the things that you thought mattered. And like when we look at things as essential and non-essential, a lot of the things that threes strive for or that threes would write down on a goal sheet Mm -hmm. were so non-essential. You know, like when we look at our lives and I feel like every night when I put my daughter to bed, Mm -hmm. I say a little prayer over her and I always just say like, you know, thank you for our relationships and thank you for our health, because those are the two things that money cannot buy. And like, it's just so interesting. Have you felt that like shift in your threeness of this year? Because I think a lot of people listening are achievers and, and are those like outward achievers as well. And so much of that has just felt trivial and non-essential this year. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent, 100 percent. You know, as a high achiever, as a type three, for me, it's a part of the learning journey has been. So technically, I'm a three wing two. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to get into like an Enneagram rat hole. So I'll, I will spare I will spare everyone that. Um, but as a type three, what I have realized is a lot of the goals I set for myself are based on external factors, because as yes. type threes, we also want to achieve based on what the community or culture that we're a part of says yep. is worthy of achievement, right? So sometimes like my work has been, oh, I have to sit with myself and figure out if no one knew what I did, if no one ever knew this happened, would I still be excited to do it? Would I still be proud? And I'm still sitting with myself, Jenna. Like for me, that's hard because a lot of what I, a lot of my North Star for so long was what impresses people? What do people want to see me do? What would blow their minds if I did that? And then that's it. That's Mm -hmm. just what I did. And then 2020 came and this is how I knew that I, it was time for some rest and some reflection. A lot of people, and you know, this is completely separating it from the heaviness and everything that came with the pandemic in the sense of health and all of those ups and downs, because that was very serious and and very emotionally trying for me, for so many others. But apart from that, just the fact that the pandemic meant we went on lockdown, I remember so many colleagues and friends being like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with this. I'm alone I'm or I'm by myself or yeah. what do I do with my days? When it happened for me, Jenna, I, something in me was glad or soaking up that the world was still because yeah. it calms this, this fire in me, this constant need to feel like if I took a break, I was going to lose ground. I was not going to be running the race. I was going to, I wasn't going to be able to compete at the highest level. Oh God, what is that person doing? What are they doing? The world is still going. So I have to constantly be in the world and running, running, running. When the world was literally forced to slow down and stop, it was like I was given permission to stop for a minute. And it is insane to me that it took a global shutdown for me to give myself that permission recently, you know, but I took it and I realized just like you said, oh man, I kind of need to focus on some different things here. I think, how do I infuse my life with more core values? I'd started to do it in work. And that's why I love being on American Ninja Warrior. The stories we tell, the people, oh my God. I cry every time. I cry every time. (laughs) (laughs) I sob on those sidelines sometimes because the triumph over tragedy for some of these ninjas, it's just mind blowing and humbling. It makes you just feel like, 
wow, we have no reason to complain sometimes. You know what, what people go through and they still choose to show up with a smile on their faces. That was a part of me saying, I want my core values in my work life. I want something that celebrates integrity and hope and the goodness in people. And that show does that. Access Hollywood, I love the way that we present entertainment news. We are respectful and kind and, you know, we're celebratory of the artists and the celebs that we're talking about. And I love that. So it was feeling good professionally, but deep down that creative portion of me, you know, that you called out was still like, wait, there's more. We want to we want to come out and play too. And so 2020 yes. stopping down made me realize it's now or never like let's go you've got the time you've got no more excuses do this yeah. for yourself and it was something that I would do even if 10 people listened and so that's how I knew it was the right thing to be doing and that's why I'm so grateful that we've got hot happy mess now yeah how has it felt like stepping out on your own because mm -hmm. so much of your career has almost been kind of dictated by the system and the structure of your role yeah. how has that felt for you has it felt good has it felt nerve-wracking <laughs> it's mostly felt good honestly i'll be real about that it was a little nerve-wracking because i am being really vulnerable but for I started a YouTube channel probably, oh gosh, way before YouTube was a job. I'll say that. Like I just <laughs> did it for fun. Like, oh, I went to Amsterdam. I guess I'll post some videos. So I got used to kind of opening up in that space in my early 20s, like maybe 24-ish, 25. And then I kind of got away from it. I got super busy with work. And then, yeah, you kind of put on your TV host hat and you don't have to be quite as vulnerable in, in the entertainment news space when I would do like talk shows and things like that, maybe. But I was ready to be vulnerable because I love yeah. conversations like this one. I, I love the fact that, you know, we're two women sharing our lives and our experiences and that there might be someone listening who that resonates with. And so it helps them. So if anything, I I was kind of chomping at the bit to be able to do that. And so while sharing makes me a little nervous because I'm like, oh, God, I hope you don't hate me. I hope you guys like it. Like, what do you think? Truly, I, I was ready. I'm just like, I have so much I want to say. I have so much I want to ask. So many conversations that I want to ask. And, you know, in my 30s, because this is what matters more to me now, this is a new priority, is family, wellness, lifestyle, the home life that I'm creating for myself. I need more of those conversations in my life. So to, to have a space to do that, it's great. I'm excited to share. Good. Isn't podcasting is such a gift where it's like yeah. you get to talk to your favorite people, people you would never have access to yeah. and ask them all the questions you want to ask. <laughs> and it's like, it's literally like I pinch myself when I'm like, oh, I get to do this. It's yes. so cool. And yeah. I, I just am never, ever not in awe of that connection that's possible because of podcasting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it, it's so it doesn't feel intimate. It truly is intimate, you know, like this yes. ability to just talk one on one. You're right with some people that you admire. Like I've done that in a certain sense, like on red carpets and, and in Hollywood yeah. for a long time, but for very short amounts of time. And what's so right. cool is with the podcasting space, you really have the time to let it breathe, to open up, to get to know someone and have a true, authentic 
full conversation. So I'm excited to be in this space, but I mean, we've got the heavyweights in here. I've got to take some Jenna Kutcher tips. I I got you. I got you. You you can put me on speed dial. (laughs) All right. I appreciate it. I'm three episodes in. We've got the OG over here. So like I can only hope to to take a (laughs) picture. So I want to know if somebody is listening to this and they're feeling like they're heading towards burnout, or maybe this conversation made them reflect and say, whoa, I am burnt out. What advice do you have for someone that's feeling that way? The advice that I would give to someone who feels like, man, I am feeling a little burnt out here. Something's got to give is one, try to sit with yourself for a little bit. And I mean, take an hour, take a couple of hours, ideally take a day or a weekend where you can carve out some alone time and sit with those feelings, like really like stretch in them and figure out, am I angry? Am I sad? Am I resentful? Am I just tired? And then figure out what might be causing that. Am I resentful or bitter because I feel like my spouse isn't doing this and I'm always having to do this? Am I exhausted because I'm overextending myself? I'm saying yes to social situations that I don't even really want to show up for and that I'd be much happier passing politely on? Am I feeling angry because I'm feeling misunderstood in work or in a friendship. And after you sit with those emotions and figure out the root of that problem, it's easier to then say, okay, well, how do I fix that? If it's issues with your spouse, can I sit down and talk with them and say, hey, I I sat with this and this is how I'm feeling. Or, hey, we've been dealing with this for a while now. Would you consider going to therapy with me? I would love to, you know, have someone just kind of mediate a conversation around this, this issue of ours. Or if it's work, after reflecting, maybe you you knock politely on your boss's door and get the guts to, to have that uncomfortable conversation because there's a lot of good that can come on the other side of discomfort. We just have to be willing to go there. Maybe if it's you're tired or these social situations are wearing you down, it is learning how to say no. You know, we always hear that sentence, no is a full sentence. And as good as it sounds, that was hard for me for so long to say. And it was no, but maybe uh, check back in with me in like a week. And and I knew deep down. We're threes through and through. You know, like I feel seen here between the two of us. But learning how to say that, you know what feels so much better than, okay, so saying no might suck in the moment, might feel a little icky. Mm -hmm. It has for me. But you know what feels great? When that Saturday afternoon comes and you you don't have to go to that thing that you didn't yeah. want to go to. You don't have to yes. do that thing that you didn't want to do. I have literally started putting into my schedule the word nothing and blocking it out from like three yes. to five. Like that is a yes. thing that I'm doing. It's called nothing. Yep. So I yes. prioritize that too. And that helps with the burnout. There are easy ways to, you know, just we, we had on the podcast recently a really amazing therapist and she was giving us, you know, happiness hacks and some happiness hacks for me personally, going outside for a little bit, just fresh air, the the restorative nature of the natural world around us, going to the park, just reflecting, breathing in and out and listening to the birds, reading, vegging out sometimes. Like I said, meditation, there's so many ways to practice self-care and that looks different for everyone. But again, the key to fixing the burnout is embracing it 
realizing this isn't something I should suppress. This is something that I should explore and then figuring out what your body, what your mind, what your heart is trying to tell you. And then prioritizing yourself enough to make the time to take that next step, which is fixing it. Yeah. You're so amazing. And I want everyone to go and listen to your podcast. That episode is so powerful. So where can everybody find you and connect with you and subscribe and tune in? List all the spots. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I'm super excited. You guys can listen to Zuri Hall's Hot Happy Mess. That's the name of the podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, it's in partnership with iHeartRadio and Charlemagne the God's new amazing network called the Black Effect Podcast network. So anywhere, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, we're available there. I would love if you guys gave it a listen. The first few episodes alone, we're talking about how to be happy, obsessive comparison disorder in episode two, and how social media plays a big part in that, what we can do, how comparison doesn't always have to be the thief of joy, how in small, healthy doses, it can actually be a source of inspiration, self-love, how to figure out what your self-love language is, what self care looks like in different countries. And it's all really fun too. So it's informative, but it's fun. There's an equal mix of, you know, my best girlfriends come on and we have the group chat where we kind of talk like we do off record. And then I bring in therapists and experts in the field to give us some real tangible, actionable steps to, you know, infuse our lives with more of this stuff that we're talking about. We have party tricks, fun little giveaways, things like that. So it's a fun little party. So I, I hope if you, if you guys are interested, you'll come and check it out wherever you get your podcast hot happy mess oh sorry thank you so much for coming on the show today and for being a part of the gold digger podcast i am so excited to watch you continue to grow this creative pillar of yours thank you and i'm just so grateful that we got to have this conversation i appreciate you jenna thank you for allowing me this space to kind of share my story and talk about this labor of love that i'm, I'm really excited about and again such a fan of you and your work and everything that you're doing when it comes to empowering women and and really sharing the love and the knowledge and the wealth of wisdom, you are changing lives truly. And it's an inspiration and motivation to watch. So thank you. Oh my goodness. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Zuri as much as I did. If you want to stay in touch with her, you can make sure that you follow along on Instagram at Zuri Hall, which is Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L. That conversation was such a good grasp at how we're focusing on the things that matter most and what truly is essential in our lives these days, how we can combat burnout and look at it as more of a warning sign than a failure. I'm so grateful for this podcast and the platform to be able to host these meaningful conversations. And I sincerely hope you enjoyed this one. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 